Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, I'm your host, Chris Ward. And today we'll be talking to running coach Justin Horniker. Um, he's a running coach based out of Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas. I'm not exactly sure which part of Kansas City he's based out of. <laughs> But one of those two. Uh, <laughs> and he's a coach for Anthro Physique. One of the reasons why I wanted to have Justin on the show today is because in the past few episodes, we've been trying to be really uh, purposeful about taking the inspiration from the guests that we have on and turning it into some sort of action. So. And also, I just wanted to uh, get my own personal coach session for free. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Justin. Um, <laughs> so if you guys have been listening, the past few episodes, we've had a lot of runners on. And you know, maybe you're someone who is a runner and you want to jump up to the next level or you know, push maybe one of your PRs, your personal records for some sort of event. Maybe you want to just jump up in mileage. Or maybe, you know, I did two episodes about uh, running your first 50K, your first ultra. So maybe you want to get into something like that. And one way to, you know, change the inspiration into action would be to hire a running coach and hire somebody like Justin or Justin um, and, you know, really have somebody be your accountability buddy and someone... You know, sometimes we get so busy during the day. You know, we have so many things to do, chores, kids, jobs, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever, family, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, and and you get so busy, you don't want to put the mental effort to think about a running plan. And so having a coach would be very beneficial because they're just going to give it to you. They're going to give you the running plan. They're going to make sure they're checking in with you. Um, so you have somebody to be accountable with. Uh, they're going to listen to your goals, help you set them, and really really just be be kind of conduits of, of pushing you towards your success. And that way you're not taking all the pressure on yourself. You're having someone kind of guide you and help you and push you along the way. So... Um, that might be a good step. I don't know where you're at out there. I don't know where you're, what your focus is, what your goals are, but really thinking about what could a coach or accountability partner bring to me might help push you towards accomplishing those goals. And so let me be super open and transparent about my training and uh, kind of the things I'm working towards. So... Uh, about a month ago, two months ago at this point, I ran a 50K uh, with Scott Stark. It was awesome. It was in Eagle, Colorado. We got rained on the whole time and it was like 30 degrees, <laughs> which makes it an even better experience. But since then, I haven't really set the next goal. Like, do I want to do another 50K? Do I want to get faster? Do I want to get stronger? Do I want to try a different event? Um, all of those questions are kind of up in the air. So first step for me needs to be actually setting a goal because what's been happening recently is I've been doing my training and I've been working hard. You know, I've been 
getting the workouts in, but uh, at times it seems as if I'm just going through the motions, um, kind of doing the same old, same old. And, you know, that can keep you at a certain level. But if you want to push yourself beyond that, you got to have a plan. You got to have something you're working towards. You got to have a goal. And as of right now, I don't necessarily know what my goal is. Um, you know, and so that makes workouts easier to miss, easier to skip. That makes the diet factor, <laughs> the nutrition factor, a lot easier to kind of slack off on. And, you know, it just makes you not as successful. Now, part of me thinks, you know, after running a ultra marathon, uh, like a 50K, you almost need to take a few months off of that strict, you know, 90% of the time you're doing everything right routine. You need to kind of push it down maybe to 70% of the time or 80% of the time. You need to give yourself a mental break so you don't get overtaxed and overtrained. Uh, and then also, obviously, you need to rest your body up and give yourself a little physical break. But starting that momentum again is really, really tough. And so this is where something like um, Anthrophysique or Justin would come into play is, you know, having someone help you along the way um, after you set your goal. So kind of just something to think about. I know for me, when everything is working perfectly and I'm building up towards like a big event, maybe an event that scares me, <laughs> I always find that's a, a huge motivator is signing up for something that is intimidating or you don't know, you're not 100% sure that you're going to be able to finish or accomplish. You know, it has the little bit of the, oh shit factor, like what did I just do? <laughs> um, when you sign up for something like that, you get a little more motivation and a little more extra inspiration and it's a little easier to go through the hard training plans. And when I have an event like that coming up, I, it's easy for me to hit all cylinders. It's easy for me to have great running workouts and not just junk miles. It's easy for me to go to the gym and strength train because I know I'm going to need that uh, extra strength. And it's easier for me to get the yoga in and the nutrition in. Um, it's just times like right now where I'm kind of in flux that it's difficult. And so that's something to think about today. Uh, I just wanted to be open about that because Justin and I are going to get into some of those topics. And he's very knowledgeable. He's definitely uh, really good at talking about the mindset aspect of running and how that affects athletes. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation today. Um, also, before we start, I just want to give you guys some cool updates on some previous guests. Uh, I have two guests that are really getting after some big goals uh, starting this weekend. And if you're listening to this after I release it, this weekend is November 11th and 12th. Um, we have Miguel Medina, who uh, is an elite ultra Spartan race, obstacle course racer. Uh, and he's taking on the world's toughest mutter with a partner. And they're really looking forward to competing and being uh, some of the top teams. Cross your fingers, the top team in the event. Uh, so 
you guys can follow his journey um, by following him on Instagram at MGMOCR. Uh, it's really awesome. His training's been great. I've been really enjoying kind of following following his training with his partner, Mark Jones. And, uh, you know, they're funny. They're entertaining. Uh, but they get after it. So it's super inspi- inspiring. And then the other one is a previous guest that we've had on recently, uh, Scott Sears who is the Antarctic Gurkha. Um, And he is probably, as I record this, I think he's on a flight to Antarctica right now uh, in an attempt to become the youngest person to reach the South Pole, unsupported and unassisted. Uh, It's going to be an epic adventure, and I'm so excited for him, and I'm so thrilled that he's willing to step up to this challenge. So... Definitely follow his story. He's gonna be keep. He's gonna post updates from Antarctica, which is crazy to me. But he's gonna post updates from Antarctica uh, on his Instagram and Facebook group. So it's Antarctic Gurkha, G U R K H A. And if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's Antarctic underscore Gurkha. And he's an awesome dude. I love to have him on the show. So. Uh, definitely follow his story. I'm pumped for him. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for him. And, you know, it's one of those things where when you wake up and feel unmotivated and tired, you can just hop online and see that he's still (laughs) carrying a 200 pound sled in the most unforgiving climate in the world. So definitely check him out. All right. Uh, that was a very long intro. So apologies, uh, Justin, Uh, Horniker is going to be our guest today. And, you know, if you want to contact Justin, you can find him at Horniker Justin on Instagram. That's H-O-R-N-E-K-E-R Justin. Uh, He's awesome. He's a great dude. He's very knowledgeable. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Justin, for being on the show. And let's get into the conversation. All right, welcome to the show, Justin Horniker, and um, this is definitely not the third take of, of starting to talk. Uh, we've been having some Skype issues, and the crazy thing is, uh, I know you have to go for a run after this. I saw on Instagram your training plan. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh man, that just is making me feel even worse that Skype's being a pain in the butt. But uh, But yeah, man, welcome to the show. Glad to be on board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin is a is a running coach um, for Anthro Physique, and he's based out of Kansas City. And you know, after reading your blog, like I just really want to kind of get into your mindset and your motivation techniques and everything. Like I don't know, I also just kind of want to nerd out about running. To be honest, yeah, I'm all on board for that. <laughs> yeah, man. So first of all, this is what I wanted to bring up. Uh, so on Instagram, Anthro Physique. Uh, your little description says we're sick of BS apps and shortcuts. It takes work and accountability. Yeah. So that's essentially like, that's what like kind of drawn me and Chad together was I was like talking to him about what he does. Uh, and essentially like we have a pretty similar mindset on things. Whereas he comes from the fitness world. I come from the running world. Um, but basically, yeah, it's like you see all these online running apps and like running training plans and they're so, you know, they're not focused on what you necessarily need to focus on. So I, with my training philosophy, I really focus on everything being individually tailored for the person and making sure everything is 
focused on what we need to focus on. But yeah. a lot of it, like a lot of people I work with are adults with jobs and things and other responsibilities that I don't necessarily have or, you know, priorities that I don't necessarily have. So it's like understanding the kind of bit like me holding them accountable, but also understanding that they have a different life than I do and they have different goals and everything than I do. So, yeah, well, that's the beauty of like individualization too. I mean, so are you kind of with the apps? Are you, are you taking a shot at steps? <laughs> Quote unquote, like, <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'm more taking a shot at just like the generic training plans you'll find, gotcha. like, you know, like the, like the Nike apps and things like that. They just like, can download a plan and it says it says it's personalized but really there's like three plans that it gives everyone so that's it's kind like of- <laughs> you put in your weight and your height right and then it's like oh personalized now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's dude yeah that's a great reason to start it i mean um do you do, for your own running do you use any sort of technology then or like how do you come up like i guess we can start here how do you come up with your own training plans and then we can kind of expand out well i mean yeah, so I think, you know, I'm such a, I come from such a track mindset and that I had a lot of good coaches like through high school and through college that kind of shared some of their, like a lot of their coaching wisdom with me. And like even like my coaches in college let me coach myself for the most part. Like we, <laughs> there's such that cohesive unit there where we kind of bounced ideas off each other. Cause I was, I'm always, I've always been interested in the coaching aspect of things. So like what I take, I have a lot of bases in like the Jack Daniels and Arthur Lydiards of the world where I take a lot of that. Um, and I've just, I've had a lot of experiences with different things. So I kind of take every runner's like past history and there's some feeling out processes on what works best for people, but like a different plan, a mileage heavy plan may work for somebody. Whereas something like less mileage, but more speed work might work well for somebody else. So it's just kind of, knowing which button to push and ultimately that comes with like experience and working with people I work with. So yeah, yeah, definitely. That's kind of where, yeah. What, uh, and obviously like, I guess if, when you get a new client or a new person to coach, like obviously step one is like, what's your goals, right? Like what distance, what speed, like, what are you trying to shoot for? I mean, so how do you handle the variety of that? Um, I mean, you just kind of have to, well, first, like my main goal is to rein people in, like set them on the right direction. So somebody, you know, somebody like me, who's been a miler their whole life, like through their college career and everything that decides that they want to run like an ultra next year. Like my goal would be to kind of rein them in, maybe set some intermediate goals, like try to really figure out what's best for the athlete, but also what's going to be you know, what they're going to like, right? You don't want to push them into something that they're not going to enjoy. So my first, like when I'm taking somebody in, I like to get a thorough understanding of what they've done in the past, yeah. as well as kind of like what their ultimate goals are. Because I mean, some people, their ultimate goal is to uh, be able to run Boston. Some people, their ultimate goal is to be able to run that 100 miler. So it's kind of understanding like two years down the line, where do we want to be? And then setting course. Yeah, man. Well, and that's where your whole philosophy of like, there's no shortcuts. You just got to work consistently like every single day at it and, and have that focus. Um, that's where that comes into play. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, like when you've, when you've worked with people in the past, like what kind of, I mean, can you share some big like accomplishment stories? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the runners I have now, so Danielle, shout her out. Uh, she came from, like, she wanted to run her first marathon, right? So she's run, like, a bunch of halves, but has never been able to put in the mileage to run her first full. So first off, our goal was, you know, building her mileage up to the point where she could run a full and be comfortable about it. So she did that. She ran it in about four, four and a half hours, somewhere around there. Nice. But then, so now she's done that, because, like, a lot of that was just, like, her getting her mentally feeling like she could run. She was so stressed out about getting her mileage up there. So a lot of what we did was more like focusing on her mental aspect of things too. So it wasn't even as much about the pace on racing the marathon. It was more about getting through it. And now that we're through it, she wants to qualify for Boston. So that's kind of what we're focusing on now. Um, so that's just one. I like I like her story just because she was like, there's a lot of focus on the mentality part of it. Um, but I've also have, I've had girls that, you know, come in that run like a 220 half that want to break that two hour mark. And then um, the one girl last fall, she came in, the previous training cycle ran 215, and then she ran in Atlanta and ran a 153, I believe. So, nice, yeah. you know, you can get like some of those breakthroughs sometimes when you finally get working and stay consistent to what you need to work to do. So. Yeah. Well, with the whole like, I guess jumping up from a half marathon to a marathon seems pretty like it seems intense to a lot of people uh yeah why is that like what's the why do you think that is i think well i think when you look at it, it's like of course it's double the distance That's right true. so it's like that <laughs> mental <laughs> it's like that oh now you're gonna go do that again basically but it's just different training right so you know focus more on the long run focus more on doing things at marathon pace but ultimately like mileage wise the mileage that you're running from half isn't necessarily going to be too different from the mileage you're running for a marathon. Um, and that's like, I like to set everything up like how my college program was set up in terms of like the mileage you run, you know, you try to run more mileage in the beginning. And like I ran maybe like 80, 90 miles a week and I was a miler, but we run a lot during the summer to build that base up. And then you can kind of do whatever else you want, but you always have that strong base yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty mileage oriented and that's, stuff. that's crazy, man. 80, 90 miles a week for, to do the one mile. Like what was the advantage of that? Yeah. I, for me, it was just like that aerobic strength. Like, yeah, I always run well. I don't, I wouldn't run well off that 90, but it's when we like come back down. So I'd run like gotcha. 90 miles getting ready for cross country season. And then like keep that little plateau around like 75 to 80 into the winter. And then like that's when I'd run my best track races because then you can really take that mileage down and like your legs feel fresh and you can really handle the workouts. So ultimately the mileage is there to help us handle like the workouts Yeah, because that's the ultimate goal is to run well during the workouts, during like the race based stuff. And that makes sense. So plus like if you do these long runs, I mean, doesn't mentally, doesn't it help you just kind of put one mile yeah. into perspective where you're like, I can sprint all out for a mile now. Right. You're building that mental toughness. Yeah. It's different. It's like totally different training. It's a and totally would, different sport too, right? Like yeah. a one mile versus a marathon is completely like just a, I mean, it's running still, but it's not the it same. Is. I kind of like for my own personal training, I'd much rather race a mile than train for a marathon. So it's like <laughs> that, that long distance stuff is what like my worst training is so it's like when i'm training for a marathon so what i'm doing now is i'm really focusing on like tempo runs marathon pace stuff 
building my long run up. So that's always been my weakest suit. So yeah, why is that? Like, like you just mentally, like you get bored, or I think it's more of like I get really fried out. So oh. like my legs get really stale when I do a lot of. It's really it's just like that pace, like that long, you know, that long grueling pace that just takes me a while to recover from. So yeah. I could do. It's yeah, it's just kind of like how my body's been. So I'm really working on changing that in terms of how I've been training, but yeah. we'll see. It's been pretty good so far. Yeah, man. So how, like when you're designing someone's plan and obviously you're doing it customized, really personalized, and you're trying to fit it into their daily schedule, um, how do you, what, like do you, are you shooting for like a certain time period during the day that they're focused on this or is it kind of flexible? It's pretty flexible. I uh-huh. like... Yeah, I like to give people a lot of flexibility because, like I said, I like to run it like a college program almost in that, you know, I have a lot of people like come to me who do have full-time jobs who are very busy people. So you give them a lot of flexibility, especially with, like, their longer days and which days are the better workout days. Just, uh, like, you want to optimize your schedule to make it the easiest as possible. So if you have a plan and it fits perfectly within your schedule, it's going to be so much easier to get out and do it then if you have to try to find time or like you don't know when you're going to get your run in through the day yeah. that's like really what i focus most on is just trying to optimize the schedule while getting the most work possible that we can do yeah have but, you have you had people that like feel bad because they like drop out you know like they're, they're halfway through the plan and they're like uh so i haven't done the plan yeah it happens i mean that's when you have to know that you know the goal then is to get back on the horse and not worry about those weeks that you didn't run. Yeah. It's, it's, it happens. It happens with everyone. Um, I mean, I've had my struggles with it too on, you just kind of like go through that burnout or something's just like, you're not motivated, yeah. but then you have to make your steps to get back into there. And, you know, I like to tell people don't focus on catching up. Now just focus on, you know, we're starting from scratch. You got to get back on the horse and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So. Well, let's, let's dig into burnout a bit. Um, yeah. Because I just did a race like five weeks ago, I would say. And, you know, you get done with the race that you've trained for for a while and you give yourself a few weeks of like, okay, now's where I'm taking it easy as a reward. But then it's hard to get back into it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Yeah. let's let's talk about burnout. Because I'm not saying I'm burned out necessarily, but like definitely like struggling to get back into the flow of things. Um, for sometimes we need, reasons. yeah. Sometimes we need that longer term. Like I always get, I definitely get feel that two weeks off. But even then, like you really have to ease back into it. Sometimes, like I'll. So my personal burnout story. So after college, <laughs> I'll share it. After college, <laughs> like yeah, I ran probably ran the best race of my life, like my last race in college. And then after that, just like I was done with school. I was done with running. You know, it's like where do I go from here? it was a good, like, I would always try to get back onto it. Like, I took my two weeks off. I got back into training, and then just, like, I didn't have it, you know? Like, workouts felt tough. I didn't feel like running. I was, like, I was pretty anxious about things in my personal life, which doesn't help. And I kind of talked about that in my story before. But it's, you know, and then from there, that was the year that I started coaching at Fonfon, too. So, then I started more focusing on the coaching as opposed to my own training. So then I went you know, maybe six months with sporadic running and never doing any workouts. 
And then I got back into it a little more, and I finally gained some consistency. And then I just couldn't put it together. So ultimately, it took me about a year and a half before I really found that consistency again. So it just it's one of those things where you just have to take a good – if I would have caught it sooner, like in my mentality and with how I was feeling, that if I would have taken more time off, maybe like a few months off in the beginning, the grad college, just to kind of – reevaluate everything instead of trying to grind my way through it and you take so much longer off of that so really it's just about like evaluating your mindset and i've had runners go through it too who like after a hard training session where you really had to work hard to get there you know now it's like you're left with this feeling of you know now what and then the runs are harder and the workouts are harder because you don't have that real purpose yeah, I think being purposeful it's definitely key because I know that I know that for me, like I try to do some sort of event in fall and then some sort of event in spring. But now I'm kind of in the weird zone where I haven't signed up for the spring one yet because I'm not sure what it's going to be. And so I'm I'm going to the gym, I'm going for runs, but it's kind of like going through the motions almost. Yeah, for you, like do you know kind of what you'd be shooting for in the spring? Yeah, uh, like a general. Well, and that. that's it's going to complicate it more because I. <laughs> I, I really want to do an adventure race, which is like a mixture of like mountain biking, running, yeah. rafting. There's a 300 foot rappel, which sounds absolutely terrifying to me, but like, I'm kind of like, well, maybe I should do it then. <laughs> so like that, com- you know, that. Yeah. Mixture, one of the things that kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Like mixes it up so that you're not doing the same things. It can be, especially if you're doing like same race over and over again, that same training grind every single session can kind of wear on you too. So yeah. if you can do something that even if it's not your goal race, but something in the build up for your next race, that can kind of mix things up and put you on a different path for a little while just to mentally give you a break. So I, I think something that we don't tend to focus on enough is our, like is the mental side of running. So, you know, we can talk about training plans and what the best way to train is, but ultimately you know, a lot of things we do are going to get us the same destination one way or the other. Yeah. But there's a lot of things we can do mentally that can really mess us up for a while with that kind of grinding mentality and just not focusing enough on it. And Yeah, I've definitely, I've, I've definitely had the grinding mentality before. And you're right, man. Like it's just it results in it results in less consistency and less yeah less like actual like really good workouts you know where you you get done with it like i feel really good about that um yeah so what how did you handle it i mean you said you went about a year and a half before you really discovered that that consistent training again yeah ultimately it was like because i put a lot of pressure on myself just in general something i've been working on but (laughs) so like for me doing my easy runs and a lot of my workouts by feel so, like, doing things when I feel like I'm ready to do them. So I don't run with a watch typically unless it's, you know, like a tempo run day or something like that. So typically I'll run without a watch and just kind of run by feel, do yeah. how it, you know, so I'm not racing my easy days and I'm not grinding myself into the ground every day. Um, but ultimately it was, like, signing up for a race and getting consistent in training again. Um, I think if I would have done that sooner, it might have gone better. Or if I would have signed up for a race and, like, my training not gone well i would have at least had that like come to jesus moment where you're like oh man i didn't do enough <laughs> yeah now i'm blown up <laughs> yeah so yeah it's kind of figuring out you know 
what's going to get you back on track, which when you're in it, it's kind of hard to determine. But if you can, you know, meditate on a little bit, back out of the situation and really look at it from more of an objective standpoint or, you know, have somebody that can look at it for you and kind of come up with a plan to help you get back into it is always helpful. Yeah. So when you go into a race, like you said, you're training for a marathon right now, right? Yeah. Okay. So when you go into it, do you have the time you're trying to hit and and if you do what happens if you don't hit it or what happens if you just so, yeah i definitely have i'll definitely have a goal time um because i i go through my race plan like i'll go through with any of my runners but yeah definitely have a goal time and like a mile pace average that you want to go at and then also along with that have a race plan so if your race plan is to start off slower and ramp it up then you kind of have the splits to go along with it but you also have to, because sometimes races don't go how we want them to. Sometimes courses are harder than we want them to, or we get pulled out by the crowd faster than we want to. You have to not be able to stress out too much about either being faster than you want to be or slower than you want to be and just focus on running your own race. So you have to, for me, I go over a lot of mental cues. So I try not to think about the race too much until like the night before, and then I'll really go through my race plan and then go through a few different scenarios is one of the things that used to, I used to do a lot was, you know, go through my perfect race plan and make sure I had everything down. And when things didn't go the way I wanted to, then race is gone. That's it. Yeah. So I kind of learned from experience that you need to have multiple scenarios go through your head so that, you know, if things don't quite go the way you planned it, you can still race and run up to your standards. Yeah. Yeah, man. And what do you mean by pulled out by the crowd? Does that mean the crowd is you're just like energized off them and you start yeah. running way faster? Like, you know, it's easier if you go in with a plan that you want to, like, say, for instance, you want to run like six, 10 miles, but you're running New York and there's a lot of runners that you know, are of that caliber or maybe faster. And then you're in a crowd. So it's so easy to just like focus on running with people you need to run with, like right next to you. And like, in a race like that, you know, 610 isn't going to feel hard. Or like if, say, you get pulled out in like 550 or something like that. That's not going to feel hard at the beginning if it's, you know, your marathon pace. But it will feel hard by 13 miles and then really throw you off your plan on that second half. So yeah. it's something that, especially in big races, it's easy to, you know, get pulled under your goal time right away. But then pay for it in the end because just the, the crowd happens. Like... But like in college races, when you go to like a big meet, so like our big meet every year was Louisville. Um, and there'd be like these big, a lot of big teams there, a lot of fast times there, but it was like a lot of a big crowd going at the same pace for the most part. So it's very easy to get swept out with that crowd. And then you're at your first mile, like, you know, 20 to 30 seconds on your goal pace. And then bad news from there <laughs> i didn't even so. think about that but that's true because i was never really like i ran high school track for ninth grade yeah but that was it but i didn't even think about that yeah because everyone starts in the crowd and you know if two of them their pace is just naturally faster everyone's going to want to try to keep up Do yeah you, are your coaches that, like yelling at you like slow down <laughs> like yeah uh what do you do yeah <laughs> um yeah because i was in very stupid runner in high school so there's this race is like my last conference it was conference senior year and i was hoping to get all conference so that's top seven and 
So we go out. It's a very flat course, so it's fast. And there's another runner on my team who we're like one, two usually. So I was like, all right, I'm going to beat him today. So then I just pretty much went from the go. And so I'm like, I probably gapped the field by, I was probably 20 seconds ahead of everyone in that first mile. So I went through, I think, I can still remember. I think I went through in like 503 or something. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. It was not great. (laughs) You're like a one mile race already destroyed everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So I was in first and I was like, oh man, this might actually happen. But then by second mile, I was, everyone had gotten me. And then the third mile was just a death march at that point. And it's like, so you need to, so then, you know, you get smarter from that and yeah. you realize that you don't necessarily want to do that. What, and what it's was like, if coach, you go in the mindset. Yeah. What was your coach doing at the end? Like when he saw you come in, he obviously, or they obviously saw you like first mile in beating everybody. What did they say? Yeah. Well, he knew from the get go, I wasn't going to last. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Go with it. I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, who knows? Yeah. Maybe you were rolling the dice. Maybe it would have worked out for you. Yeah, I mean, I would have PR'd by like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Like like, I do I think, think a lot of what you're saying is you got to learn from experience. And, right. and that's what those apps and stuff that you're talking about at the beginning, that's what they don't have. They don't have like, they don't take that into consideration. You know, like you, you if you break down everyone's experiences at the beginning, you're going to realize like, Oh, they either know these lessons or they're going to learn these lessons eventually. Right. Yeah, a lot of it a lot of it comes from personal experience, but also like I've worked with a lot of coaches that know a lot more than I do. Yeah. So it's like, you know, learning from them, seeing what they do and like seeing what a good coach does with their training and how they structure everything and kind of taking a lot of those aspects and molding it into something that works for me and works for my athletes and kind of put my own spin on things. Um yeah, it's kind of like my overall goal is just to be a little bit different of a voice, kind of take the best of both worlds of like the track world and just like the, it's really different. People that come from like the, like I was called like more of the formal coaching, you know, yeah. like people at the college level and the pro level and like the people more of like the road racing mentality, you know, so it's kind of like trying to marry those two into my own viewpoint. Yeah, yeah everything comes from the stupid mistakes I've made. And <laughs> You're like, let but, me tell you about this in the hopes that you don't do it too, but right, yeah. you, you probably will do this. Um, what, uh, yeah, man. Are there any other stupid mistakes? I love hearing about stupid mistakes. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I made a ton of them. I say, cause I wasn't, I never thought of myself a runner until I went to college and like actually ran. Like I always considered myself a basketball player, even though I wasn't yeah. as, I wasn't going to go as far with that. So, yeah, I always made stupid running mistakes. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, a lot of it is just, like, racing things that I've done where I've gone out too fast or yeah. that's where I learned a lot of it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that I came up with injuries in college just because we did things a certain way that wasn't necessarily stupid, but we've learned that, you know, it wasn't the best way to do it. Like, I've learned that I can't necessarily jump into things as quickly as I want to. Because when I do, I tend to get hurt in the beginning of a plan and then have to spend time rehabbing that. Um, so because of that, in college, we worked with a lot of like mobility, exercise and drills and like running drills and really focusing on efficiency and foam rolling and all. Like really 
focusing on it to the point where we had a routine that we nailed down that worked for everyone, different routines that worked for different ailments, that sort of thing. And that's something I brought with me that I focus on with every runner that sometimes like they have no idea like what a mobility exercise is or like how to fall. So that's something that I didn't do for a while that I learned is something that keeps me injury free. So yeah. Let's talk about foam rolling for a second. Yeah. What, uh, like I've definitely done it. I have a foam roller out here and leading up to certain races, I'm very consistent with it and I do it, uh, every night, but, but I don't know if I'm doing it correctly. Like literally I just did the thing that you said not to do. Like I, I typed in foam rolling on YouTube and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll just do what this guy's doing. Hey, there's some good, especially on YouTube. There's some good, okay. uh, kinetic revolution. That's a good Pete Dunn. He does a lot. Yeah. He's one of the ones that, you know, will come up in those top searches. He does a lot of good, um, cause I think he is like a kinesiologist. So he has a lot of good tutorials out there. So you can definitely find some good stuff. Some good uh, but what, yeah, like, I think a lot of people, do you do it? Ahead. Do you do it after the run or before? Like what, I guess if you described your own workout, what do you do before it? And what do you do after it that you find? Yeah. So if I'm doing, yes, if I'm going into typically I'll do like a pre rate, like pre run dynamic warm up. So that's like leg swings, um, lunges, single leg squats, uh, just like things that I'll stretch out my hip flexor, but like more of a dynamic motion instead of static motion. Yeah. So I have, um, I'll do things like that. So that's usually like five minutes before the run. And then I'll go ahead and do the run, do the workout. And then just depending on what day it is, I'll come back. I'll either do core or I'll do like the mobility stuff, which, so I usually do core two, three times a week. And then the mid- mobility two, three times a week which is the one I will bring out the foam roller and the lacrosse balls and yeah so what i do because i my hips and my glutes are really tight so that's typically what i focus on is i will find i call them hot spots really like the sore spots where you really feel like that uh muscle tension and that scar tissue build up and what i tend to do is i'll find that and then i'll sit on it and then take five deep breaths really let whatever i'm using kind of build into it and usually so i'll usually spend maybe like 10 minutes from rolling two to three times a week, but like focusing on two to three areas each time. So okay. I really keep it small sample size so that I can really focus on, you know, what I'm working with. What I find with foam rolling is that I get a better range of motion after I've kind of worked through those. Um, and just better flexibility overall. Cause I don't, I don't really stretch too much. I do more like the, I do more like dynamic stretching and then the mobility stuff, which is like foam rolling and then, some dynamic stretching type activity. So yeah. um, I find that helps me a lot more just because it, a lot of it is focused on just range of motion in my hips and in my glutes, which is my biggest problem. Yeah. What do you think part? about, like, I know there's been just based on, I mean, you know how it is when you go on the internet, um, there are articles that are like stretching's bad for runners. And then there's other articles <laughs> that are like stretching is yeah. a must do for runners. Like, is there, are you looking for like a happy medium where you want to be flexible but not like too flexible yeah and i find like because stack stretching you can still get some good out of it but i find that you can get a lot more bang for your buck if you do things more dynamically okay so you get a lot more of that get a lot more of that flexibility but you can get be more flexible in a range of motion as opposed to just like the stack stretching kind of flexibility yeah. so i'm i believe in flexibility for sure but just not in the more like traditional bend down, touch your toes kind of way. Yeah. Uh, I like to add motion to the activity just to make sure that you're 
obviously range of motion, but that you're getting that more flexibility aspect out of it. Yeah. And you're also, you're also kind of like representing what you're actually about to do. You know, like when you say you're going out and doing lunges, I'm thinking when you do hill runs, like, of course you should do lunges before that. Cause that's going to warm up some of those, those muscles that you're going to use on those runs. Yeah. I'm big in everything kind of mimicking something that you're doing during the run. So especially when it comes to that stretching and things like that, like making sure that you're stretching muscles that you overwork are, you know, are going to be part of what you're doing. Um, and then I'll also do things in like, like I'll do some sideways things, some diagonal things just to work on a little bit more athleticism. But for the most part, yeah, everything's going to be in that like range of motion. Yeah, I guess that make that is true for runners. I mean, generally you're running straight, straight forward, you know, and you're not cutting from side to side, which is, <laughs> which is why I uh, I'm a middle school teacher and I do a rugby club once a week, and Hi. yeah, so I'm playing rugby with my seventh graders, like teaching them touch rugby, and then. I went home and I'm like, man, the back of my leg is so sore. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't sprinted and like cut and done all that stuff for like a year at least probably. So yeah, I like, I like that stuff though. Cause it's like, if you can do something a little bit more athletic, I think it helps with injury prevention. Like I try to build like plyos and strides and everyone's training plan just cause it's going to build up some of those muscles you don't use and it's like make you a better all around athlete. Yeah. I think when you think of like the athletes that you know, like people that are more athletic typically don't get hurt as much. Um, and, you know, it mixes things up a bit. So if you can play a little bit of soccer, play a little bit of rugby. Yeah. Have some fun. <laughs> yeah, man. And that way, yeah, you don't, you're not hurting yourself against seventh graders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you do for recovery days? How do you handle that? I mean, are they built into the plans or do you just like today I woke up and I was so tight. I was like, I'm not doing anything today. I'm just going to kind of go for some walks and do some yard work. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I like to make my recovery day, like recovery days active recovery. So like a nice, easy run. Um, and then, you know, not doing any strides or anything after that, but make sure that you're moving. Um, I like in my plan, I build in like my personal plan. I build in an off day every week that I can kind of use when I need it. Yeah. So I'll have three quality days, three easy days, and then one just completely off. Okay. Um, I find that helps. Like, I found that people who aren't necessarily like the biggest workforces can handle just as much on six days as they could on seven days, but that extra rest day really helps. Yeah. Just kind of keep things, keeps you rejuvenated a little bit. Like, you don't feel like you're grinding every day when you have that day where you can kind of just not think about running and That's really true. focus on rest and recovery. That's true, but you're only really asking people, like if they're training for whatever they're training for, even if it's like crazy long distances, because I think people would be shocked to understand like, even if you're training for a 50 mile race, you don't need, it's not like you're running for three or four hours every single day. You know what I mean? Um, But but yeah, like I... all you're really asking of people is probably like an hour a day, right? Like if not, maybe a little more every so often, depending on what they're training for. Yeah. I like, I'll usually have people kind of structure out, like really write down, like take a call, like a daily diary, like the first few weeks where you really write down like what you're spending time on. Um, cause I, like I said earlier, I like to, I structure everything like I would with a college athlete. You know, when you figure college athletes are, don't have the most time in the world, 
So you figure if you can give me like an hour of your day, and if you feel like you don't have an hour in your day, there are very few people who actually can't spare that much time. Totally. Like, you know, yeah, we need to restructure things a bit. Um, but, you know, with, with how recovery, getting back to like the recovery days topic, I'll have, it just depends on the runner. Cause some people need more rest than others. Um, some people go from, from backgrounds where they're only running two or three days a week. So you have to be more careful with how many days they're running. And, yeah. Um, so I kind of let people take that at their own pace for the most part. Like if they feel more comfortable doing like a cross day instead of an easy run, that's perfectly fine, especially if you're biking, you know, more than you would be running and everything. Yeah. How, uh, how do you handle, or in your own personal experience, how have you handled injury? Have you done the thing that all runners have done where you're like, I'm not injured. You're just convincing yourself. I'm not injured. No, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ran on like, Oh, I don't even know. Like I've ran on a few stress fractures where I was just trying to make it to the end of the year to where I was like, <laughs> all right, if I can just make it, if I can just make it to October, I'll have two weeks off. Yeah. <laughs> But then, yeah, there, I ran my confidence race freshman year. I ran that on a stress fracture, and like, I was just in so much pain. And I was like, why? Why is this hurting so bad? Then, like, <laughs> went and got the x ray, and they're like, yeah, you're, you're done. <laughs> How do you, well, and so now that you're not in college, because I'm assuming in college your coaches would be like, hey, like, they force you to rest or force you to right. take a yeah. break. But like, now that you don't have that, how do you handle that? I mean, it's just like, Obviously, I've grown smarter in my old age. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just taking, it's noticing when things start to come up. So it's just taking better stock of how you feel every day. Um, so luckily, I haven't had any problems like that. I've had some muscular things like with my with my glutes. And I have like a sciatica thing that pops up from time to time, where it's just like a weakness I feel in my hamstring. Yeah. Now, when it gets too bad, that's when I know that I'm not doing enough in my um, mobility sessions and everything but i and you know i think it's only natural to go into denial that nothing's happening you just have to be super proactive with it um like what i'll do now if i start to feel like something's hurting like that is i'll go onto like the grass the trail for a few days just to see if if that helps and i know it's nothing too serious and that i just need to take my time with working on my core and my flexibility and everything and you know take time to ease it through but if running on the grass or running on the trail doesn't help it then that's when you know it's something a little more problematic yeah um so like with my runners you know i'll definitely make sure that they take it easy so i've i have one runner going through like a knee problem right now that only some days they'll be gone like she won't feel anything then someday she'll do something to tweak it and just kind of we've kind of found out that like downhill running is what makes it bad so we're focusing on focusing on mobility and doing some exercise that'll help strengthen her knee and just like the surrounding muscles a lot. And then also like avoiding downhills as much as possible. Cause yeah. if something aggravated, you don't want to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense, man. But I guess for me, what I found is, you know, you have the little bits of, of pain, but then they go away. Like kind of like that, right. what you're just mentioning. But, uh, at times, the find... difference between, yeah, the oh, difference it's like knowing the difference between like soreness and actually being in pain too which is yeah yeah like in your experience like have you had any big time injuries that you've um maybe some that i've been in denial about maybe uh <laughs> yeah. um the, the weird here's the weird thing though because we were talking earlier about like 
just being consistent and like kind of falling out of consistency, but still doing the workouts. Yeah. And it's hard because when you fall out of that consistency, but you, but then when you do the workouts, you're like, I'm still going to go this distance and I'm still going to go this pace that I was doing before. Like it's hard on your body. You know, does that right. make sense? Yeah. It's hard like mentally to grind through it too. When you're in, when it's like so hard just because you're in so much pain to do it. Yeah. 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 And you're definitely in denial and you want to keep going at the pace you're going. But, you don't want to take it back. Exactly. And, but then I find like, if I have, like, if I am being consistent, the pain goes away. So I'm like, oh, well, obviously this is, you know, because it's kind of like, you know, you you're cons- you do a couple workouts, but then you don't do a workouts for a few days and then you're sore and then you do it again and then you're sore again, you know, because you're not, you're not just going after it every day or whatever, yeah. you know, being on a good plan. So it's really yeah. weird though, because it messes with my mind where I'm like, maybe I just got to work harder. <laughs> Yeah, just like it's structuring your week a little smarter too. Like I'll, so to give you some coaching advice. (laughs) Yeah, free coaching advice, sweet. I'll hire you at some point, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'll structure my, like if I have somebody who has like two or three off days a week, I'll structure those off days, like not the day after a workout, but two days after. So the day after like a hard run or a hard workout, have an easy run day, like maybe a little bit longer, but something that's not going to be too strenuous. Yeah. And then take that day because usually the day after isn't when a lot of that soreness steps in. And if you do something active that next day, that does a lot in aiding with recovery just because you're working the muscle again and you're getting a lot of that circulation going through. So if I have you take an off day, two days off, that's going to do you a lot more good than it will the day after the workout because you might not even be that sore to begin with. So. Oh, that makes sense. So you're saying like that's something- hard workout but then the next day, like an easier one. And then right. two days after the hard workout, the day off, that makes sense. Yeah. Even if it's like a shakeout run or something, just to uh, get out there and do something that always helps just with the recovery aspect of it. Like, you know, on mine, I'll usually have like the day that I double will usually be right after my harder workouts. Cause I'm still getting a good amount of mileage in, but yeah. it's a little bit shorter. Um, and it's going to be easier on me. And then the day after, is maybe when I'll take that off day or I'll do my other easy run. So yeah. today's your long run day, right? Yeah, from a longer day. I yeah. usually I'll do a long run every two weeks, and then I'll do like a day where I run that distance. But I'll do it in two runs just to help. Yeah, man. So how's, how's I, I don't that? Do well. <laughs> how's that look today? Yeah, so we'll see how the second one goes. The first one was fine. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. I'm kind of like figuring out new routes around the city too. So that's fun. I, so my wife was there for a month when she was in med school and she did a rotation down there and I couldn't tell you where I ran, but I remember thinking like Kansas city is like a beautiful city. Like there's some cool spots and yeah. Yeah. I found this, uh, there's this place called cliff drive, which is maybe like a mile from my apartment. Um, it's like a scenic byway. that's like right near downtown, but, um, on weekends they close it off to, uh, vehicle traffic so it's like a four mile stretch not uh, really like the scenic highway yeah so i just found that yesterday so i ran that again today and that's really cool oh that's really but, cool man yeah so if i can hook up from my apartment down there it's like a nine mile route to go through it and back so that was nice that's awesome why my do they new, close it on my the new route i think yeah why do they close it on the weekend <laughs> um i don't i don't know i'll have to look into i think because it was like so they haven't closed 
to one lane during the week, and then the other lane is for like bicycle and pedestrian traffic. So I think it's just it's not taken, you know, it's not a thoroughfare for the city, it's just like a scenic drive, kind of. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, man, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of a. I always think that's a cool way to explore a new city that you're in too. Yeah. Is just go for a run because you you're you know you're not driving through it you're not going really fast you're taking it in you're passing all the restaurants and taking the smells in like seeing people you know yeah so are yeah, you that's what i love doing on vacations too that way like i never feel comfortable until i can explore a little bit yeah <laughs> really Where, where's like a really amazing place you ran on a vacation um we did like I'm trying to think when i was actually running we did the like rock mountain national park when I was in college one year. So I was like actually running through that. And that was pretty cool. Except the like the altitude definitely gets at you. But oh yeah, man. I that know. was one. Yeah. <laughs> that was one like the views are really cool, even though you're suffering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Were you on trails there? Or were you running on the roads or? Yeah. Cause we were like, we were at the campground side. Yeah. Oh, found so cool. trails through there. But, yeah. So that was probably my favorite. Um, we're going to the Grand Canyon like over New Year. So that'll be that's going to be one that'll be pretty fun yeah. now that I'm actually exploring things. So, Are you tempted to do the rim to rim to rim or whatever? <laughs> the... Yeah, if I didn't have Claire with me, um, me and my girlfriend are going, I probably would try. But yeah, yeah she doesn't really want to do that. So. <laughs> you can always do at some point like the rim to rim. I don't know about the yeah. back. Going back would be tough, I think. Uh... Yeah, they made, us, they made us like sign a waiver that we want to go down and back the same day. So like i think if you're camping or i don't know it was weird <laughs> is that like all the ultra runners you see do that is that like an illegal thing they're not supposed to actually go i don't down know i know you used to be able to it's like the first we went we went there as a family like maybe six years ago and they you didn't have to do anything like that so i wonder if it's like something they're doing recently yeah um, or if like i don't know i mean i'm sure you just have to sign a waiver it's not like they're gonna come after you you can't catch me you can't catch me yeah (laughs) that's awesome man well uh well yeah man i i when's your when's your race coming up Uh, i mean i'm not like the pool is gonna be in april so i okay gonna do a 5k next weekend and then i'll probably do like a 10k or something in the winter just as like a progress check really i'm just focusing on getting through like get my mileage where i want to get it so yeah, man. Well, good luck with that. And uh, yeah, we, I would love to have you back on the podcast at some point. Can we kind of like uh, take the last minute and kind of promote like, because I know you you do a podcast as well. And then you obviously have your business. So can you kind of tell people where to find more about you? Yeah, I'll get my plugs in. Yeah, yeah so my in. podcast <laughs> called Running Through It. Um, okay. It's pretty much me talking. Sometimes I'll have guests on, but more of like a conversation just about general running topics that I'll cover. Um, I have a lot of fun with it drink a beer and talk about running. That's the best um, part about then, a podcast is just yeah, the beer. Sure. <laughs> then you can find me Instagram and Twitter at Horniker Justin. And then my Facebook page is Justin Horniker running. Awesome. That's where you find all my stuff. Yeah. And I'll make sure I link it on the show notes and everything. And, and Horniker is H O R N E K E R. Just, just yeah. for people out people there. People always want to put that C in there before the K, but dude, I was putting like a weird E in. I was because I was looking for you on Skype, and I was like, H O E R. I was like, I don't. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. Thanks, man. Uh. Yeah. We'll. Uh. We'll have to have you back on the show after after your race and hear how it goes. Gladly. All right. See ya.
Yeah, see you, Chris. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for the show. Um, thank you, Justin, for coming on. And once again, uh, he's the running coach for Anthro Physique. You can find him at Horniker Justin on Instagram. You can also look at Anthro Physique on Instagram as well. And he's the host of the Running Through It podcast. And he's very knowledgeable. He knows <laughs> so much about running. Uh, and his podcast is great. And he really kind of gets to nerd out about all things running and all things the love of this amazing sport. So remember, guys, basically what he, we talked about, we're kind of sick. You don't need BS apps or shortcuts, but it does take hard work and accountability to be successful. And that's where I'm going to leave you tonight. So, yeah, guys, have a good week. If you enjoyed the show, please go on iTunes, leave us a review, subscribe. Uh, we'll be getting after you every week with some awesome kick-ass guests. And, uh, yeah, turn that inspiration into action. All right, have a good one.